Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, today's Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is brought to you by The Weekend. I hope you guys have a safe and fun weekend out there, but I want to send you off in the right way. And as we do on Fridays quite often, I got a Titans Friday news dump for you. So we've had a bunch of little small stories here and there. I wouldn't say that any of them should take up an entire segment, but we can put them all together and talk for quite a bit about some of the little headlines here and there that have popped up. Some of them that I, I want to go over with you guys. Dean Pease talked with the Midday 180, gave some good quotes and some good insight as to what Mike Vrabel's role is during game day as a head coach in previous seasons and what we could see him do going forward. So I want to talk to you about what Dean Pease had to say. Also, we got some additions to the NFL practice squad. They have bumped up those numbers, but also are considering some more bump-ups. We've talked quite a bit about how COVID-19 could impact the preseason, which could impact a lot of the lower end of the roster guys. So I have some positive news for those guys to talk about as well. Also, Lamar Jackson made some comments about the Titans that were pretty intriguing to say the least, so we will talk about that. Mike Keith went on NFL Network and had some clowny comments, so we'll make sure to get to that. And then also, the NFL came out and finally officially announced which team or teams will be on Hard Knock. So I'll talk about that from a Titans perspective as well. And then, of course, it is a Friday show, so we will round out the show and send you guys off into the weekend with a little bit of a Friday mailbag. Got about four questions, four or five questions here to go over with you guys, so I will make sure to get to that. Before we jump into the show, I want to remind you guys, you can send in those mailbag questions on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans. Follow me there to not only ask your questions, but also for additional content and schedule reminders, communication, things like that. Feel free to leave your questions in the Apple Podcast reviews as well if you would prefer to do that method. That's perfectly fine. And also, subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you stream to make sure you get this content that I am pumping out throughout the entire offseason. We got a lot of good content ahead as we get closer and closer to training camp. So with all of that out of the way, I am ready to get into a little bit of a Titans Friday news dump, answer your guys' question, and head off into the weekend. Let's get it. interview with the Nashville radio station, the Midday 180, Dean Pease talked about a number of things in regards to his time with the Tennessee Titans and the future of the team, specifically on defense. Who will call the defensive plays on defense has been, as I mentioned, one of the hottest topics of the Titans offseason, and there's a number of possibilities that could take place. There could be one person, singularly, who calls the plays. That could be head coach Mike Vrabel, or as we've heard recently, defensive assistant outside linebacker coach Shane Bowen. It could also be a combination like we've seen in New England where maybe Shane Bowen primarily calls the plays with Mike Vrabel dipping in here and there and calling some plays for himself based on situations or the opposite of that where Vrabel calls the majority of the plays but can hand off that responsibility if he is needed elsewhere. Pease recently spoke about the possibility of Mike Vrabel calling the defensive plays just himself and told Titans fans that they 
really shouldn't worry if that turns out to be the case. He pointed to Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, who's the head coach and also calls plays. Another example of that in the NFL, of course, is Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott, who also calls the defensive plays. It's something that's very common on the offensive side of the football as well with a ton of different head coaches. But P's quote sounds like this. I think it all depends on the person. Look, Mike is a very, very smart guy. He's going to do whatever needs to be done, which is best for the team and the best chance for success. And if he feels he can't, he won't. If he feels he can, he will. If I were a fan of Tennessee, I would have the utmost confidence that he was going to be able to handle it one way or another. Now, that's the end of the quote, and this isn't the first time that we've heard Mike Vrabel be referred to as one of the smarter guys in the NFL. It's plenty of former teammates have talked about that as well. Plenty of players who he has coached in the past have talked about that as well. So at this moment in time, it seems that not only those players, those former teammates, those former players, but also a former colleague and a former coach on Mike Vrabel's staff and someone like Dean Pease with a ton of experience in the NFL is also completely on board with Mike Vrabel calling the defensive plays, but he also mentioned the possibility that Mike Vrabel would let someone else call plays like a Shane Bowen and just dip in here and there to give suggestions or reminders, and he gave specific examples of how Mike Vrabel does that not only on defense, but with all three phases of the ball with this quote. He may be telling Arthur, hey, this is four down territory. We may go for four downs. He may be saying, hey, they are in four down territory. A lot of times what Mike would do is remind you of things. Hey, remember now, their field goal kicker has a good leg here, or he doesn't kick so well going this direction, end quote. That is a good example of what Mike Vrabel had been doing previous to that, and if he feels that is what's best for the team going forward, then it would make sense that he would let Bowen call the plays and just continue to give those slight suggestions and slight reminders here and there, which allows him to put his primary focus during the game on just managing the game completely and managing the entire team. But Pease also talked about Shane Bowen, if he happens to be the play caller here and gets an enhanced role, talked about what that would mean. Pease said, quote, a very, very sharp and upcoming coach. He is going to have a bright future in this profession. He is a very hard worker who is a very loyal guy. He is very, very football intelligent. He really relates to the players well. They love him. He has a very, very bright future, end quote. So it's obvious that Dean Pease feels very comfortable with not only Mike Vrabel, but the staff that Mike Vrabel has assembled that he left behind when he decided to retire. On to our next piece of news. Let's talk about the practice squad. So the NFL made a change this year for 2020 for the upcoming season that increased the practice squad from 10 to 12 players. Now these are um, additions that came from the new CBA negotiations. The NFL Players Association are looking to, you know, get more players in the league, let more football players make a living off of football. And also the practice squad helps for safety reasons. And now what we're hearing from the NFL is due to the potential you know, player risk in having a season during the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of players could come up positive for the virus and have to quarantine or sit out for multiple weeks. And because of that, it would make sense to increase the amount of players on the practice squad so that you have more players ready as it's only logical to conclude that there will be more players that have to miss time this season than we've ever seen before due to the isolation that is required with contracting the virus. So the NFL is having internal discussions right now of increasing the practice squad size from the 12 that they bumped it to for this season all the way up to 16 
That obviously makes more sense, helps out teams, it gives players more opportunity to be on practice squads, more opportunity to make money off of football, and also helps teams be ready for the inevitable, and that's that, you know, you will have players that test positive and have to sit out for multiple weeks due to isolation and quarantine. So that is something interesting that the NFL is looking to do that will help teams deal with the change. But we are going to stop with those two stories in this first segment before we go to break, and I'm going to come back with three more little headlines lines that I want to go over for you guys, including some quotes and some audio, some different things that I want you to hear. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all of the parts that you need in your regular traditional chain front store. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning about your car that you don't necessarily have the answers to, or wait for a guy who's ordering parts on his computer for somebody else and choosing certain brands that only his store's warehouse happens to carry, you have access to all of the parts that you will ever need right from your computer at home or the phone in your pocket with rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low at all times. RockAuto.com offers the lowest prices rather than changing prices based on who you are or what market you're in. RockAuto.com is for everybody. It doesn't require a membership or any kind of login. You can just go on, have an easy, seamless experience, order the parts you need for the best price available. And here's the thing, rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com, shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and the same for everyone. So why spend twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you once again there is a box on their website that asks how did you hear about us put locked on in there to make sure they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all of the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Let's continue our Titans Friday news dump. I got a couple more stories here that I want to talk about, and I'm going to start off with Lamar Jackson's recent comments about the Titans and the Titans game in the divisional round of the playoffs. So Lamar Jackson, the reigning MVP of the NFL, was announced as the cover athlete for Madden 21, the new NFL Madden game that'll be coming out here, uh, I do believe in August is typically when Madden drops. So that'll be the case, but Lamar Jackson did some media appearances here recently, you know, to help promote the game and the announcement that he's the cover athlete. He talked to a couple of different outlets, but one of the comments that we have here from Lamar Jackson is basically admitting that he underestimated the Titans and the Titans caught him by surprise. So he had this to say, quote, that's what happened in the playoffs and we ended up losing to a team that people had us favored over. It's any given Sunday. You can't underestimate no team, no opponent, and that's what we did. So I'm looking forward to this 2020 season playing the Browns first. Don't underestimate your opponents. They caught us by surprise. That's all it was. He also talked about his performance, even though he threw 
for 365 yards, had 140 rushing. What a crazy game for him, over 500 total yards. But he did commit three turnovers in the game, two interceptions and one fumble, and he talked about that. Quote, I had a lot of mistakes on my behalf. Three turnovers, that shouldn't happen, but Tennessee came to play. So obviously, Lamar Jackson is thinking about the Titans game. It's something that's definitely in his mind, and he talked about that a little bit more with... Kevin Clark from The Ringer on Slow News Day, he said that, uh, you know, he admits he thinks about the Titans lost all the time, and anytime he puts anything on social media whatsoever, everyone is in the comments reminding him that he lost to the Titans, so the Titans are in Lamar Jackson's mind, and I kind of like hearing all of this because the Titans play the Ravens again in a late season game in Week 11, and... I want Lamar Jackson, I know that, you know, you could twist that into motivation. He'll be extra motivated. He won't underestimate the Titans anymore, all that. I don't care. I want it in his head that the Titans beat beat him bad, caught him by surprise, caught him off guard, and I want the Titans to win again, and I want him to start thinking about the Titans all the time. Something about that team that he just can't beat, can't get over. I hope that, you know, becomes what happens here. It would be absolutely fantastic. And if the Titans do beat the Ravens again this season, maybe they play in the playoffs again and the Titans win again. I mean, this could uh, really swing this rivalry, this historic rivalry, a different way and just be a, a fun a fun little sub-story in uh, the Titans and the Ravens trajectory going forward. So I thought that was a pretty interesting thing to go over. Next, I want to talk about Mike Keith going on NFL Network. He had a little bit to say about the Titans' chances of signing Jadavian Clowney. So I'll play that audio for you. Like I said, that is from NFL Network. Oh, I think there's a real chance because the Titans have cap room. They certainly have a connection from Mike Vrabel's time in Houston. Uh, they have other connections within the team that are reaching out to him. Jonathan Joseph, former teammate from the same hometown. Tater Lewan reaching out on social media, other players saying they'd love to have him. If if you're clowny, the Titans certainly make sense if the dollars make sense. And, you know, we're seeing all the reports. You were seeing the reports about Cleveland, him going back to Seattle, them being another suitor in there somewhere. Nobody really knows what the number is in terms of the offers and what he wants. But the Titans have clearly left the door open publicly that they have interest in clowny. Now, Will what they want to pay and what he wants to get paid match up? That I don't have any idea, but I wouldn't rule the Titans out in this, no. Hey, who am I to disagree with anything the voice of the Titans says, especially when he's in the building? I listen to all the speculation, I see all the different articles, but I think... People who work for the team and are inside the building, while they're not able to really tell you exactly what's going on, and maybe they don't necessarily even know exactly what's going on, they have a vibe, they have a feel, and you know that privately, off the record, Mike Keith is asking John Robinson, like, hey, so, you know, what do you think? Are we going to get clowny or what? And for... Mike Keith to come out and be so optimistic, so positive, even though it's all the logical things that all of us have talked about for quite some time. It it still makes me feel good that someone who's actually inside the building and could have a little bit of inside information is being so optimistic on national television. So that's kind of my 
final thought overall about that, even though you take everything with a grain of salt because Mike Keith isn't dropping uh, spoilers or little teasers on national television because he knows what's going to happen. But he could have an idea, and that could influence his tone when he makes national appearances like this. So just something to consider there. The last news item that I wanted to get to for the day is going to transition into a little bit of a Rollins rant. Um, the NFL came out and announced officially, we heard rumors about this earlier in the offseason, but officially NFL Films came out and announced on Thursday that the Hard Knocks, NFL Hard Knocks, and of course if, if you guys don't know what that show is, I don't know how you don't by now, but if for some reason you don't, it's the training camp show that's on HBO every year or has been every year since the early 2000s uh, where they just document the team and it's, you know, a docu-series over the six weeks uh, that they do training camp and it's been a ton of different teams. The Titans have never been on it though. That It's never been the Titans before. This year, Hard Knocks is redoing the Los Angeles Rams, who they just did a few seasons ago, Jared Goff's rookie year, and the Los Angeles Chargers. So you got both Los Angeles teams, the Rams and the Chargers, sharing the series together. It's the first time that Hard Knocks has focused on two teams during their series. And I tweeted a, a, a GIF, a GIF, whatever you want to call it, on Twitter. It's just Hannibal Burris saying whack. I just think it's it's absolutely, I, I wish I had better words, but it's just lame that we just saw the Rams on there, and now we get the Chargers, a team that nobody cares about, even in Los Angeles, and it just feels like the NFL is going to do a six-week propaganda piece trying to promote their Los Angeles teams to increase interest. I, and for me, that's not why I watch the show, um, and I have a feeling that's the direction they're going to go. And I, I can admit on the other side of the coin to give the NFL a little bit of a break with everything going on with COVID-19 right now to have them not have to move out of their headquarters in Los Angeles and not go very far to cover these teams. I think that has a lot to do with it. A lot of the workers that are going to be working on this, producers and things like that, could be living in Los Angeles so that they can work at NFL headquarters. And maybe this makes it easier for them to produce the documentary or the docu series. Maybe that's the case and maybe that had something to do with it. But what I really want to say is that I think that the Titans deserve hard knocks. And this is a complicated issue and I'll get to why here in just a second. But let me explain the positives here. So Amy Adams Strunk is a female owner. She has invested a lot of money in the Titans facilities, uh, hired John Robinson, allowed him to hire Mike Vrabel, has turned this team into a consistent playoff contender year after year with multiple playoff wins. They've made bold decisions in terms of changing the jerseys, which are one of the best new jerseys we've gotten in the NFL in recent years. The draft was absolutely excellent, the best draft in NFL history, quite frankly, and Amy Adams Strunk and the Titans had a lot to do with that, obviously, with it being in Nashville. So the jerseys, the making the team competitive, uh, upgrading facilities and staff, I mean, the draft, what, what else do you want here? The NFL should highlight a female owner who's doing a fantastic job with a team that didn't have a lot of national buzz before. And the Titans aren't going to have a lot of national pool. There's not a lot of national interest and national want for the Titans, which is probably why they haven't been picked on hard knocks. It's not going to get the people going to watch the Titans. I get that. That's the other side of this. And another thing to consider is 
NFL teams don't want to do hard knocks. They don't want cameramen and, and TV personnel interviewing all their players all the time and videotaping their every move with cameras up in the locker room and cameras up in the staff meetings. And all of that stuff is just things NFL teams don't like. And that's understandable. I totally get that. That's why most NFL teams have the option of saying no to hard knocks if they're asked. That's a real thing. And the NFL has to make a list of teams that are required to say yes if they are asked just to make sure that teams do it because teams don't want to. So John Robinson doesn't want to do it. The coaches don't want to do it. The players probably don't want to do it. And there's not a lot of national interest for the Titans. So that's why they haven't gotten hard knocks yet. But I think from the NFL's perspective, they would want to put a spotlight on a team like the Titans who's done everything right to get themselves out of a terrible spot just five years ago. So considering all of that, I think the NFL would want to take this opportunity to put the spotlight on the Titans, especially after they got the most national buzz that they've gotten in a decade because of their playoff run that they had last year. So all of that together, I think the Titans should should have been the team of hard knocks. And even if it's not the Titans, having it redo the Rams and add in the Chargers for a dual Los Angeles um, hard knocks edition, I just think that's unfortunate anyways, just totally disregarding my want for the Titans to be the team of Hard Knocks and to get some more inside access to the Titans from that perspective. So throw all that out. I still think that the Chargers and the Rams doing joint Hard Knocks is is a bad decision and makes for um, a less enjoyable TV experience. But that is all the news. That is a Friday news dump for you guys. We are going to get into a little bit of a Friday mailbag. Got about four questions, four or five things to go over that you guys sent me. Make sure you're sending in those at all times. It doesn't just have to be Titans football. Uh, you can ask me about movies, music, pop culture, food, drink, anything, traveling, whatever your heart desires. I'm an open book, especially here in the off season, when there's not a ton of football-related things going on, it's a fun time for me to kind of get to know you guys better. You guys get to mean uh, get to know me better and talk about some things outside the realm of football. But we are going to jump into our Friday mailbag next. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk to you guys about a little bit of an initiative we are doing here at the Locked On Titans podcast. So. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice, and that's why we, the host of the Locked On Podcast Network, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. And in the month of June, Locked On, as a company, is matching the total amount of all host donations up to an additional $10,000 dollars and we are asking you guys to help us out as well so to make your own personal donation along with us please visit lockedonpodcast.com slash black lives matter and speaking of that charitable option that you guys have another thing that you can do right now is visit our favorite health and protein bar built bar built bars are the best tasting protein bars ever and not just that but they are doing a special this week on their website where everything i said everything is 50% off and not just that 
but all of the profits that they get from this sale are going to go directly to charity. So you have the ability to donate and help out with the Locked On Podcast hosts at LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. You also can take advantage of our promo code LockedOn at BuiltBar.com. Get 50% off your order and know that all of the profits that the company receives from your order go directly to charity. I mean, multiple ways to really make a difference. We are trying to put our money where our mouth is here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Not only talk about change and make a difference with our action so hopefully you guys will take initiative and join us of course with built bar you have eight chocolate and nut free flavors eight chocolate and nut flavors 16 different amazing flavors to check out i love the salted caramel chocolate i love the banana nut bread the peanut butter brownie they don't just taste great but they're incredibly healthy for you as well low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber once again 50% off the entire website. All of the profits going to charity. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order along with the 50% off that they are already offering. Once again, promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. It is a Friday mailbag. I do want to start off by saying I'm recording on Thursday evening, so it's not technically Friday for me yet, but it will be when you guys hear this, so happy Juneteenth. Um, The Titans have made it an official holiday for their organization, as they should have, as many teams and and different companies uh, around America are doing right now. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, If you need a a history lesson, I don't think I'm the one to give it to you, but feel free to Google Juneteenth. But I just want to say a happy Juneteenth to anybody out there who is celebrating before we jump into our Friday mailbag. But let's go ahead and do that. I got a couple of questions from my guy Stephen Smith on Twitter. We actually had a pretty good long conversation about a couple of different non-football things, a lot of it comic book movies and things like that, but he did ask me a few questions to start off that he wanted to be in the Friday mailbag, so I will get to those right now for you, Stephen. And first, he sent me, as a lot of you guys remember, Adam Rank. Uh, he is an analyst for NFL Network. He predicted that the Titans would go 3-13 and last season. He took a lot of heat for it, but he was back at it again here, uh, given his prediction for this season, and he has the Titans going 8-8. Eight and eight. So just to go down his um, predictions game by game, he has the Titans losing to the Broncos in Week 1, winning against the Jags Week 2, losing to the Vikings Week 3, losing to the Steelers Week 4, losing to the Bills Week 5, beating the Texans Week 6, beating the Bengals Week 8, beating the Bears Week 9, beating the Colts Week 10, losing to the Ravens Week 11, losing to the Colts Week 12, beating the Browns Week 13, losing to the Jags Week 14, beating the Lions Week 15, losing to the Packers in Week 16, and then beating the Texans in Week 17. So 8-8, eight and eight, obviously a more favorable prediction than 3-13, and 13, but here's my opinion on it, and that was Steven's question. He said, just what's your opinion on this? And I will tell you 
that my opinion is Adam Rank works for NFL Network and it's his responsibility to create content. That's his job. He's not going to get every prediction right. He's not even going to get close. He does a prediction and a game-by-game results prediction for every single team in the NFL, and there's just no way he's going to get everything right. Now, getting close to right is obviously what what you would expect, somebody with uh, decent knowledge, but at the end of the day, uh, I guess me sort of being in the media gives me a bias here. The guy's just trying to do his job and make content, and I'm not going to call him like an idiot or crush him or anything if he gets the Titans record wrong. It's Professional gamblers struggle with getting NFL games right all the time. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to predict NFL games. It's hard to predict sports. We love them so much because they're unpredictable. So while I think that the Titans are going to do better than 8-8 eight and eight this year, uh, with them going 9-7 and seven four years in a row, it's not outlandish. 3-13 and 13 was outlandish, and he was rightfully... Um, ridiculed for that that wasn't even close and completely misread the talent on the team but I don't think that you can ridicule the guy for picking the Titans to go eight and eight so that's just kind of how I feel about that one the next question that he had was uh, comic book related but also intertwined with sports which crossing my nerd circle and my sports circle together is is a fantastic place to be so he had said basically is Derrick Henry more like the Hulk the Incredible Hulk from from Marvel, of course, or the Juggernaut, which is an X-Men character who also is Marvel because X-Men are Marvel, but which do you see Derrick Henry as more, in his opinion, was the Juggernaut. And I get the Juggernaut is a big, huge, hulking-style character with a, a helmet on, and he can crash through basically any brick wall or go through anything, so I get it there, but Juggernaut is oftentimes a bad guy. He's got bad intentions, and while Derrick Henry at times looks like he has bad intentions out on the field, I'd like to see him as, I like to think of him as more of a Hulk character who, while he has a bad side and will bust through anything and break up anything and win any fight, unless it's Thanos, I'd like to think that Derrick Henry is more of a good guy, and while being a little bit of an anti-hero at times, is mostly uh, a a good guy and on the right side of things. So I'm going to go with Derrick Henry as Hulk in that example, but doing, you know, as we did last week with which Titans are Ninja Turtles, doing which Titans are Marvel characters, and which Titans are different X-Men, things like that, I think that could be kind of a fun exercise, so you guys let me know if you want to do anything like that going forward in the offseason, and then he had a bunch of different questions, and like I said, we talked for a while, but the last one that I think is worthy of Friday mailbag questioning here is, which Joker is the best. So obviously you have Cesar Romero from the 1960s Adam West Batman. You have uh, Jack Nicholas who did the the 90s Batman, which was uh, awesome as well. You have, I got to throw Mark Hamill, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker. Mark Hamill was the voice of the Joker on the Batman animated series in the early 90s, which is my favorite uh, TV show ever. I grew up on that cartoon. I absolutely love it to this day. Um... And then, of course, you have Heath Ledger, who was fantastic. Jared Leto's Joker. We've seen Cameron McGonagall. I think that's how you say it. McGonagall? I'm not even going to try, but he was a Joker on the TV series Gotham. Uh, you also got, uh, of course, Joaquin Phoenix and his recent Joker, the Joker movie, although that wasn't really a comic book movie. It's still uh, an Elseworlds story about the Joker. I'm sure I there's been a few different ones in there as well, but ultimately, that's the main ones. And for me, 
Mark Hamill is the best one, of course, because I love the Batman animated series. It's my favorite TV show ever, but he's not doing an on-screen live-action performance, so the requirement's not as difficult to do well with just voice acting, although his voice is the best Joker voice ever. So for that, I will go with Heath Ledger. It's the easy answer, but The Dark Knight's my favorite movie of all time, ever. I mean, it's my favorite movie ever. And uh, Heath Ledger's performance, I think, is about as perfect as you can get from the perspective that that I want for the Joker. So I think Joaquin Phoenix may have had a better acting performance, but he's not quite the Joker that I want. I want Joker in the realm of Batman, not just in the realm of regular life and and being, you know, a depressed uh, sort of, I guess, portrayal of society. Uh... I love the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix, but I'm going to go with with Heath Ledger there. I think Jared Leto didn't get a real chance to explore his kind of gangster, modern, tattooed Joker. Um, I would be curious to see a little bit more, or excited to see a little bit more uh, of that. But uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to go with. Mark Hamill is the best, but it's not live action, so I will go with, with Heath Ledger over Joaquin Phoenix pulling in in my second spot. So that would be my answer to that. Moving forward to some more questions here. We have one from Devin Knight. So Devin Knight's question is this. He, it's kind of a question, but more of just asking me to kind of give my, my thoughts and opinions. I'd love to know what it would really mean to you if the Titans ever win a Super Bowl. I think about it every day. I'm so invested in this team year after year only to see another team win. I want that feeling so badly and I'm terrified I'll never know how it feels. I mean, we're talking about love. That's deep, Devin. That's a deep, deep question and deep thought. So I'm with you on that. I think every single day about the Titans winning a Super Bowl, they've come close, uh, closer than some other teams have. And I'd like to think that in my next 40 to 50 years of being alive that I will get to see a Titans Super Bowl. Um, The thing for me is I've been a fan of this team for over 20 years now, since childhood. Um, And it's deeper for me too, not to discount you know, any fan or anything like that, but I cover this team for a living every day. I I mean, I spend, I've spent so, so many hours of my life covering this team, researching articles, writing, rewatching games. The prep, this podcast takes me about two to three hours every day to put together. I get 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes of content to you guys, but it takes me hours to research all the different stats, the quotes, chop up the audio when I do the highlights of press conferences. I have poured and invested so much of my life into this football team um, that to finally reach the goal that I've wanted them to reach my entire life... um, And not to mention, when the Titans went to the playoffs last year, it really did a lot for my listenership, the amount of people who listen to the show, my Twitter account and Twitter following, which ultimately ends up with people listening to the show more, I hope. Uh, That's really all I'm trying to do is drive people to give the podcast a chance. Um, To have them make a Super Bowl run and win it would definitely help out my career as well, not to mention kind of be an emotional payoff for all of I, all I've poured into the team. So for me personally, it would mean everything as much as a, you know, remember we're talking about a game here and I'm not a part of the team 
you know, I'm not a player or a coach. So as much as it can possibly mean to a fan or an analyst, whatever, that's how much it means to me. Um, so it would be great. I mean, it would be amazing. But I also don't want to pretend that after they win one, I'm satisfied. I mean, I would be okay with one throughout my life if they just get one. I, I could die happy, I guess. But let's also not pretend that after we get one, we're not going to want another. <laughs> so uh, let's start with one. But I, heck, I hope they win a couple over the next 40 to 50 years while I'm alive. And some of you guys are maybe even younger than me listening to the podcast. Hopefully they get a couple through that amount of time because we've waited quite a long time already. So that's the last mailbag question. I did want to shout out uh, Kieran L., Kieran Shaker on Twitter. He just commented on the conversation we had last Friday mailbag about the Ninja Turtles and said Michelangelo is Taylor Lewan most of the time and Raphael is Lewan when you touch his quarterback. <laughs> that's pretty funny, Kieran, so I wanted to make sure I threw that in there. So once again, just before we head out for the weekend, happy Juneteenth. I hope you guys have a fun and safe holiday and weekend. That is going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Now that you're done, make sure that you check out the Draft Dudes podcast. Tell your smart device to play Draft Dudes. It's a A good time to get ready for the 2021 draft. There's a good quarterback class coming up, and I personally am a draft junkie, so I like hearing all the different positions and getting as ready as possible as I can. But that is going to do it for me today. Check out LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. Please consider making a contribution and helping out all of the Locked On Podcast hosts as we try to put our money where our mouth is and actually make change, not just talk about change. But that will do it for me. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titan.